Um, today's session is going to be presented by Nigel Woodward. He's the Senior Consultant at MIOSH. We have also got Josh Bryant from Mitchell Services and he's the General Manager of People and Risk. And we, we nearly didn't have Josh Bryant because it was called away to site yesterday. Um, he's actually in a hire car on his way to an operation to do a smart inspection on a rig. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Over to you, Nigel. Thanks very much, Sarah. So what I'm going to do today uh, just to start off with is show you a short PowerPoint presentation, uh, just to explain what we're actually going to cover in this presentation and to talk about some of the new MIOSH functionality. So what I've got in front of me is a bow tie, clearly, but it's important to understand that this is a bow tie that I created. It wasn't created by a risk consultant, so it might not be precisely what you would create if you were going to do this yourself. What's important to understand about this is that the bow tie that we're creating is not just a picture. Everything that you see on here, all these rectangles actually refer to an underlying record in MIOSH itself. So if you were to click on the unwanted event, what you're going to do is you're going to open that record that represents the unwanted event. If you go and click on a control, you're going to open up a record that represents that control. And all of these records, causes, preventative controls, etc., they're all made up of forms that have been configured. They have their own workflow. They can have their own security. And if you have the right level of administrative access, this is something that you can configure yourself. So just to reiterate, we can open up any of these records, click on the links, and we can see the underlying records below that. Now, once we get into a bow tie today, what we're going to do is we're going to go into a mobile app and we're going to click on an inspection. We're going to answer a question in the inspection. We're gonna say no. And once we do that, what it's going to do is it's going to update a status in a control that's going to be reflected in the bow tie. So if I were to summarize what we're going to do today in one sentence, we're going to look at how you can complete an inspection on a mobile app that will automatically update the bow tie. There's obviously going to be a lot more in between and we'll have a look at things like what, which control has an issue, and how MIOSH will simultaneously generate uh, data to reports on control verifications. So lastly, of course, what's going to happen is all of this information is going to be reflected in the dashboard. And we'll be able to click on a link in a dashboard and drill down into the records that are created during the process of the verification information being created once a person clicks on the, the link inside an inspection. Okay, so let's get rid of this and go and actually look at a live bow tie in miles. And Nigel, I guess just building on uh, what you've just gone through, mm. I mean, from my practical experience, a bow tie is something that, you know, you have a consultative process with your workforce, work through what's a 
preventive control, it's mitigated control, highlight the critical ones. And I'll be honest, like most of the time, they then go and sit on the shelf. So, I mean, what Myosh is now doing is actually making usable bow ties in a front end that actually is integrated with everything else. So it's actually integrated with dashboards, it's integrated with the smart inspections, uh, and you can actually build the uh, performance standards directly from the bow tie. So it's actually one of those things that it no longer is a bow tie that just sits on a shelf. It's actually something that's going to be practical for businesses to show where uh, controls aren't working or aren't effective. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think if we're just looking at this active bow tie here, what you can see here is for this particular unwanted event, we could click on this and see what the critical controls are. We could also, if we wanted to have a look at which ones have control issues and currently none of them do. But because this reflects the underlying data, effectively what will happen is as you click on these inspection answers and that information filters through to the underlying records that represent the bow tie, of course, the status of those records will change and you'll then be able to see it in the bow tie. So as you say, Josh, this is no longer just a static representation of what's going on. It's actually really integrated into the risk, uh, the rest of critical control. And it, it kind of becomes um, an, an active part of whatever you're doing. So before we get into what we're actually going to do, what I want to do is I want to go and have a look at what it is that makes up critical control management in MIOSH. And there are two parts to this. The first one is the critical risk assessment. And what I've got here is a critical uh, risk document or record. Now, the critical risk record, the one we're looking at, is the uncontrolled release of stored energy, this one here. What we've got in here is some information about what it looks like. We've, we've got, of course, your risk matrix. But then what we've got are the preventative controls, the mitigating controls. And you can see that these are two sides to a bow tie. And what we're looking at here are these records represented here. Now, if we scroll down a little bit and we have a look at a particular control, this control here is actually that one down there. And looking at this bow tie, what we can see here is that this is the only control that sits between this particular cause and the unwanted event. So we don't want anything to happen to this control. And if it does, we want to know about it. So let's have a look at a control. So just reiterating your point, uh, this is where you would have a workshop with your, you know, subject matter experts, or you'd get, you know, a select group of your workforce to help you create uh, that risk assessment that you originally showed. Um, and again, I just want to stress that, you know, that is something that does normally sit on a shelf that's in the background, but now you can actually open that bow tie, um, click on that risk or click on that control and all the information is basically at hand. Yeah, now if we look inside this particular control record, 
what we can see are a number of things, aside from just the details of what the, the control is about. If we scroll down a bit, we can see the associated risks that this control is part of. So this particular control, while it is inside that particular risk, it's also part of this other risk. So we know if we click on that link, it's actually going to take us to that risk record as well. If we scroll down a bit further, we've got the control history, which we'll come back to in a moment. And then we've got all the control performance parameters. So we won't go through all of them. Each one has its own fields. We've got functionality, availability, so on and so forth. It just builds on what FIFO have covered in the previous MIOSH webinars, which are available uh, through the website. But you know, you can have a, a level two uh, performance standard. The example that Nigel's showing here is is probably at that level five that FIFO talked about, where it's it's got a lot more detail on that functionality survivability of a control. Um, and the best place to actually get that information is is in consulting your workforce as well and giving um, the detailed information through your standards. So it's just good that the the detail for a control can all be captured in this one place as well. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to slide these records across to the right. And we'll go and have a look at the other side, the other module that makes up the critical risk management functionality. And that's control management. Because if we look at this critical risk, right, what you can see here is a list of all your critical risks. And you're not going to have a lot of these. You, I don't know, companies might have, I don't know, Josh, what, 20, 40 of them, maybe. Uh, yeah, most businesses will probably have anywhere between maybe 12 and 20 being realistic, like as in risk yep. scenarios, because they've got to be, um, as as the FIFO webinars have said, like it's got to be um, plausible. It's got to be like realistic. Um, and will it actually, you know, actually cause serious harm to someone in your, right. in your business? So yeah, anywhere between maybe 12 and 20, mate. So what we're looking at here are the risks. We know that there are controls associated with these, but if you're just looking at it from this particular viewpoint, in order to see the controls, what you need to do is click on the risk. Now, this is why we've got control management, because what this is, is all of your controls across all of the risks in your entire business. So if, for example, you were really keen to find out what was maybe not effective at the moment, and you only wanted to know which critical controls were not effective and which preventative critical controls were not effective, you could do that. And you can drill down and filter in any way that you like, depending on how the system has been configured for you. So we'll just reset all of that. So let's go back into critical risk again, just temporarily. And we'll go back into our critical risk, which was this one that we were looking at. We've seen that we've got all of the controls in here. And look, you can generate these in a couple of ways. There's an add new button up here, and you can build a new control as a record inside a risk. 
but that's probably the hard way of doing things. So potentially what you want to do is do this from inside a bow tie itself. So here what we've got is the start of a bow tie. We've identified the unwanted event, but now what we want to do is build it up. So you'd have all your risk consultants. I don't know about you, Josh, but hopefully, you know, in a big company like yours, they'd all sit around in the boardroom um, if they're lucky enough. And what we do here we actually is... we actually did it in the field with the workers. So <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> all right. So. so what we do here is we say, right, what's the first cause? So we put in cause cause one. And maybe add another one. And now we'll look at controls. So we'll stick in a control here. Maybe chuck in another one here. And you can see where this is going. What you can do is you can add these records in as you go and build up your bow tie, both sides of it. Now, what this is effectively doing is not just building you a picture, it's creating those underlying records as stub records so that later when you've got the entire picture, you then click on the links to those records and go and flesh out the records underneath. So with a preventative control, you could then go into that and fill out all of the performance um, functionality that you need to based on the level of uh, control that you've decided to go for. Anything you want to add to that, Josh, or is that? No, so I, I think that's that has been the tricky thing is um, I've, I've seen bow ties created in um, other software. And I think what Myosh has allowed us to do is exactly that. We build it from the bow tie. We can click on the control, critical control or not. And then we actually build the performance standard directly into it and know that it's linked. So we know that at any time we can open our bow tie, we can click on one of the critical controls and we can actually look at all of the performance standard and we can actually look at the control history as well. Right, well, look, what we're going to do now is we're going to actually have a look at how we do these things. I mean, we've spoken about what we can do and we've spoken about how we can do it. So. Now it's time to actually do it. And what we'll do is we'll come back to this particular bow tie later on in order to see what's happened to it. So let's just go and get an app. So what we're going to do is we're going to use an app on a mobile phone. The, the app is configurable as well. And as you can see, we've added a photograph in here so that people actually know what they're supposed to be comparing what they see against. We've got a question up here about tags being applied and we've got a set of questions. So whoever's in the field is going to have a look at this and say, no, no tags there. They can go and put an observation in, I don't know, tag missing. And then what they're going to do is click on finish and complete. 
So that's now going to update the inspection and it's going to cause a whole lot of functions under the covers to activate. Now, let's just think about that question for a moment. There was not a lot in there that told the person who was answering the question whether or not it related to a critical risk or a critical control. So what that means is that a person can just go out, do their job, answer questions, and if they've had MIOSH in the past, they can actually be using exactly the same inspection that they previously had. It's just that now the questions are tied to underlying functionality. There's no value judgment associated with answering no to a question because it's just a question. Furthermore, typically, if you've got an inspection on an app, what it does is it sends a notification to somebody to say, I don't know, Bob, Jane, Sue, whoever has just finished an inspection. Now, the person receiving that notification, they're usually busy and they might be getting more than one inspection a day from somebody else. So it might be a couple of days before they actually get to review the answers to the questions to the inspection. And when they do, they then have to make a value judgment about what they do as a result of someone answering no to the inspection question. What we're doing is taking that all away because the moment that someone presses no in this particular question, things happen. So what I, is I it? Guess Nigel, I guess from our yes. side is that, you know, those questions are directly related to a critical risk and a critical control. So for the say, you know, if we were doing an inspection, a smart inspection on one of the drill rigs and exactly that, that a tag was missing, um, what our smart inspections actually force the uh, person completing the inspection to do is to actually, what did you observe? And, and they can take a photo of it, like what was missing as well. That then just gets flagged in our dashboard that, hey, we've had a critical control failure. We can then configure that ourselves. So we, we didn't have to involve Myos. We can configure it ourselves as mutual services on who receives a notification if, if that inspection has shown that a critical risk is missing. But importantly, it doesn't just go off into the ether and just, yeah, there it is. It actually comes back into the system and, and shows us that an inspection was done it, fa it failed this control, this control is related to this risk. Therefore, you need to consider, is this risk still in control with this, um, with this absent control that's been identified in the inspection? Right, so what we wanna ask ourselves here is when someone presses that button on an inspection, in terms of MIOSH functionality, what do we actually want to happen? And as Josh has just said, what we want is a critical risk needs to be flagged with control issues. Well, here's critical risk. Here's that particular risk and it's been flagged. It's got control issues. What we now want to do is we also want to flag the fact the control in question is marked as not effective. So if we open up that particular risk and we go and have a look at those controls, and we scroll down, we can now see that that particular risk is no longer effective. What we also wanna do, and we alluded to it a little earlier, was we wanna update the control history. Now the control history is a section within the control itself. 
And if we come down to it, what we can see in here is that Uma went out on this particular date at this particular time and recorded the fact that a tag wasn't attached to that piece of equipment. There's the comment that she put in. And what it does for us here is it actually gives us a link that will take us back to the inspection where this was recorded in the first place. Now, the next thing we want to do is we want to verify the fact that we've tested or reviewed this control. And that's whether or not it's passed or failed. So there's no sense in going through this entire process of identifying your controls if you aren't going to constantly review them and verify them. And verification sits here. So what's happened as a result of that person selecting that answer on that particular inspection is it's created a verification doc, a record, which among other things tells us what the control name is, who did the verification, what the equipment number was, whether it passed or failed. And as well as that, it gives us that link back to where it was where the answer was recorded. So that's what we actually use it for as well, Nige. So we actually do follow that trail. So if one of our assets, so one of our drill rigs in the middle of nowhere and the, and the driller is setting up uh, the machinery and they'll do a critical control verification on all the work site. Um, if they find that a control is missing or, or is ineffective, they'll actually stop the work but the system will flag it for us that, hey, you've had a control file. And then it allows me to go in and go, who did the inspection? Where was it? What piece of equipment? What did they find? Okay, what actions do we need to take? Yeah, I don't know whether or not you do this as well, but the, the other thing that I would see as a really good idea is that you create an action and assign it to somebody who's going to be responsible for managing the fact that the control no, has failed in the first place. Yep, that's exactly what we do. We and that's and that's what I mean. Your, you know, even your action register is a, is is completely linked to your smart inspections, which is then linked to your critical controls, which is then linked to your original bow tie risk right. assessment. And, and what you can see here is um, this has been assigned to me, so I would have received an email, and it's also been flagged to my manager, who potentially also might have received an email. If you want to go that far. So not only are these people getting actions in MIOSH, they're also receiving emails that link them to the actions to make them go and do them. And lastly, of course, what we want to do is we want to go and update that bow tie and see what's happened to it. So if I now go and click on the control issues, what I can now see is that particular control that is the only one sitting between our, our unwanted event and uh, our cause over here has now got an issue. And because this is an active bow tie, it's reflecting the status of the underlying record. What you can now do is pop it up and go and add a new control. So 
just to reiterate what we've done here, we've gone out in the field with an inspection. We've selected no to a question on an inspection that wasn't necessarily flagged as a question to a critical control. We've updated the critical risk. We've updated the critical control. We've completed a control history. We've generated a verification record. We've sent out an action. We've sent out emails that link the that are a link to the action, and we've updated the bow tie. Now, what remains is for us to go and have a look at the dashboard. The dashboard in Myosh is configurable too. So these graphs are sort of representative of what we think is a good idea and probably what you think is a good idea, Josh, since they reflect something that goes on in your business. But and one of the things you've said to me in the past is if we look at this graph here, there's a lot of green. And what we should really be doing is embracing the red. Uh, if you see too much green, it probably means that you're not asking the right questions in the inspections. So what I can do here is get rid of the green. And now what I can see are these verification failures. So if I want to know what's going on, I can click on the link. And I can click on an individual link inside that list. And what I can do here is I can get into that from the from the dashboard and drill down and I can see what the control name was, source was, who verified it, whether it passed or failed. Well, we know it failed because it's red. So we've now taken everything from the inspection through to the bow tie and onto the dashboard and everything else in between. And if you go back to that PowerPoint, we said that we could update the bow tie from an inspection. So it's important to remember that all these updates that we've seen, the risk, the control, the verification, the bow tie, all of that was initiated by someone pressing a single button on an inspection. Nothing else had to happen in between in order for everything that we've seen so far to actually happen. And I guess my point as a customer of Myosh uh, or a client of Myosh is that, you know, if I was an outsider, I'd go, man, like how many people did it take to do all this and how many weeks, et cetera. So because the system is, is quite smart and it is configurable, we actually did it ourselves. Um, you know, there is the Myosh Academy, so you can, you can learn how to do these things, but you know, as a, as a client and as a user, um, we did all the rules ourselves. We set, set up the smart inspections ourselves. Uh, we did the critical control performance standards ourselves, and it all links through into the bow tie. So, you know, it's not scary, but the amount of detail and data that you, and, and it's actually the visibility that you get on your critical risk is just, it, it's incredible. It's amazing. Okay, Sarah, that's uh, the end of the presentation. I'd possibly you'd like to take a few questions. Uh, yes, um, if anyone would like to put those questions in the Q&A panel, um, and we'll get to those. I am just going to drop a link in the chat 
of a link to a form if anyone wants to get a quote for this system. And um, uh, there's no questions just now. Is there anything else you want to say, Josh? No, look, this is, you know, this has been a game changer with our business and it's more how much we've been able to involve the workforce and involve our supervisors um, because of the transparency of the system as well, like the dashboards are really simple. You can um, filter them down to individual uh, projects or sub-businesses or divisions. So it's not like a, an ungainly amount of data that people have to look at. You can configure the dashboards to show what actually matters. And I think it's you know our ability to take it up to board level to go, look, we're doing all these verifications. These are the fails that we've shown across our business. Um, and here's the actions that we've taken. Um, and it's actually the the first thing that front and center that our that the Mitchell Services Board actually looks at. And I, I honestly, I would not be able to to show them this data um, if I didn't have an integrated system like what we've got with Myosh. Okay, um, there is a question. Um, have you used this for business interruption risks or only health and safety? Yeah, from, from Mitchell Services side, we've only we've only taken the bow tie side of things from a health and safety and probably equipment and asset damage side of things. Um, but our intention is that if we can put our entire uh, business risk register uh, through the bow tie process, then we will. We are verifying. We are doing smart inspections on like assets and projects and like workshops as well. Um, so yeah, we're we're thinking that we can easily build them for business risks as well. Right. Yes, I believe um, uh, Mark Wright spoke about spoke about ESG performance and uh, yes, in yesterday's webinar and, and relating to corporate risk as well. So Stephen asks, um, when inspecting critical controls and finding a failure, how is that closed out in the system, and does that remove the status on the bow tie? I'll nod you don't mind me answering it just because I do it from a practical side of things but um, if a critical risk fails one it'll show up in the dashboard two it'll send a notification to the division manager and the HSE person re responsible for the area so that they know that that risk has failed then an action is assigned within MIOSH once that action's closed you then need to go in, it, it, you'll get a notification that the action's been closed against this critical risk fail, and then um, it can be switched back from uh, uncontrolled to controlled, and then that updates the bow tie as well. Okay. Um, and William asks, are the passes also recorded? Um, that is, if we need to demonstrate due diligence in case of an unforeseen incident. Yeah, all passes go through as well from our side of things. It's not just focusing on um, just fails. We'll actually look at passes as well. Um, there's a there's a really cool term that we learnt off um, Bobby Foote and BHP called uh, water, watermelon syndrome, where you just see green all the time, but is there a lot of underlying red? Um, and having, having these smart inspections in the dashboard actually lets us see, hey, look, we've been getting a lot of green and not a lot of fails. Are we... Are we really looking hard enough or are we asking the right questions as Nigel, Nigel alluded to? And again, we can change the questions ourselves, like Mitchell Services has gone in and added questions and changed questions based on direct feedback from supervisors saying like, that question 
you know, it doesn't really check the, the control in the detail that I normally would. What can we do about that? And because it's configurable, we make the change. We don't have to ring MIOSH, don't have to wait hours. We can go into the system and change it ourselves straight away. Okay. So I just thought I'd answer that as well uh, on the screen, the fact that what you can do is you can actually filter not only on what's passed or what's failed, but you could go and filter on a particular control name. So for example, let's say we're looking for pressure relief valve. So I could type in pressure relief valve, and then I could say, show me everything that's passed. And you can see here, here are all the passes. So absolutely everything is verified, pass or fail, every control. All right, well, there's, uh, that's all for the questions so far, um, but there's always more whenever I say that. Um, I will say just um, briefly, I think a film crew has been over to your site, Josh, and um, next week at some time we'll be uh, able to show exactly how you're carrying out this work on your sites at Mitchell's. Yeah, look, we, you know, we want to be honest that this is now accessible and, and it's made such a dramatic uh, improvement across all our businesses that, um, you know, we want to be quite transparent that this is a process that's actually worked. As FIFO alluded to, like a lot of people don't know where to start. Um, so we sort of, you know, muddled our way through it. It's not exactly perfect, but MIOSH has actually allowed us to then have our performance standards in there, the bow ties in there, the inspections in there, uh, the verifications, and then the reporting to the board all in one place. Okay, so there's a question from Laurie. Can controls be seen according to hierarchy of control being used? Uh, yeah, you can You can actually, when you're building your controls, you can actually choose where does it fit in the hierarchy of controls if you choose to as well. Um, yeah, I think that answered that question. Um, and Tony asked a question for Josh. Do you have a couple of IT savvy people doing the configuration work? I'm going to say no. Um, it's being done by two HSD people. So it's myself and, and Rob Ayton, who's our HSC coordinator for Australia. Um, and we've upskilled a number of the other HSC, HSC personnel as well. So um, IT has absolutely nothing to do with the system. This is driven by like end users and the ones who have the relationships with the front line. Right. Okay. Um... Don asks, uh, where do you store the standards in MIOSH? I don't know if that's a question for Nigel. It's just going, standards are just going to be uh, documentation stored in a documentation module, which if you want, can be linked into any other module that you choose. So all of that again is a configurable option. Okay. Um, I have a question, Josh. <laughs> what um, type of improvements have you seen in your business? Um, I, we, we haven't had, I mean, we've probably had a number of high potentials, but there's been one, oh, probably two really scary ones where I was like, you know, we, luck, luck was probably the only thing that saved us. Um, when we started to implement critical risk management, we thought, you know, is this vanilla? Do you have to do, do you have to pick what other people have straight off the shelf and, use their questions, et cetera. And because we've been able to, you know, customize it and configure it ourselves to have our questions and on our equipment, um, 
we didn't get a lot of pushback from the workforce because they could be so involved in building the process and building the questions and the inspections, having visibility via the dashboard. So I guess Sarah, I like, I hate measures like TRIF, like it's got nothing to do with TRIF, but what it's allowed us to do is actually improve our workplaces um, and improve our controls. And that's had a, a dramatic impact on our overall safety performance, but also improved our workplaces. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm looking forward to see this um, short movie next week. And um, I don't think we have any more questions. Of course, you can email us. If you can email them to me, I can forward them on to the right people. There's a form in the chat there that you can fill out if you want to get a quote for a system like this. Um, so uh, hang on, one more question. Silky asks, how long did it take to implement, Josh? Uh to do the uh, to go out and do the as as FIFOs all the webinars so they basically it's a bit more follow it's a bit of the follow the bouncing ball so if you if you watch the five webinars they'll they'll tell you the process but for us all up the coming up with the material unwanted events doing the performance uh, coming up with the the controls that probably took about three months because we did a lot of consultation uh, with the workforce and then putting it all into the system maybe took four weeks, four to six, uh, probably at a stretch. Um, and that's putting in like the smart inspections and then building rules, building the dashboards. Um, and so, you know, say we started in May, we implemented in September and it was full, full noise across the business by September, October, probably within two months. So all up a six months process uh, max. And that's without external consultants, that's doing it ourselves. Okay. Uh, Laurie asks, is this an office assess assessed bow tie and controls information or how, or how do field workers access it? No, they can access it via MIOSH. So they can go into, if we've given them permissions that they can access the risk module, they can go in. But I, I wouldn't expect like a, a driller to want to come in here and open a bow tie, um, but the supervisors can sit down in a room with our frontline workers and, and go through the bow ties if they wished, or if a client wants to know how we, you know, how are you controlling the risk of stored energy, we can go in, open a bow tie and actually show them our controls and our verifications, how many times we've done the inspection, how many fails we've had against um, that critical risk and which controls failed and what actions we took as a result. Okay, all right. Um, I'm just going to put it also link for the webinar next week in the chat. And sorry. And so that seems to be it for the questions. Thank you so much, Josh, for um, joining us. I know you're on your way somewhere important and. Um, Thank you, Nigel, for the, uh, for the explanation of this process. And if anyone wants any more information, there's a, a, a form there. Stephen has said in the chat, thanks, great looking software. Thanks, Stephen. And um, all right, so everyone um, will end it here. Send out a recording later today, probably in about three hours. And um, we'll uh, see you then. All right, thank you, everyone. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Nigel. Bye.